0: everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk this episode we're gonna get a bit weird not that we don't get weird every every episode but it get a bit weirder should I say and I brought somebody on board for a returning visit because I think this episode needs a, uh, a little bit of help who better to help me than Mr. Curious world himself are you there Yes Reeves how are you I'm all right I'm all right so thanks for having me on again. That's all right but this episode is I need some help. I need I need some help with this episode because All right. when I first watched these videos on YouTube, I was completely um, lost for words, to be honest. I've seen some ghost stuff, but this is beyond the pale. If this is real, then uh, we've, we've definitely got some weird stuff going on. Uh, so for those that have got no, absolutely no clue what I'm talking about, to give you a little bit of background um, before we start to discuss uh, the events and the strangeness that has been going on, bit well, it's been documented with this case. We're going to talk about Kent Burroughs, who is located in New England in Carmel, Maine. And some of you might have already twigged going, ah, I know about this. It's known as the Lamb House and it's had some really, really weird stuff going on it. And I, I originally found these videos by accident, just by going down the YouTube, black hole of YouTube and just clicking on stuff. And I found one video by him which purported to the these strange apparitions in his home. And these apparitions were not seen at the time or they were seen at the time and he would either capture them after the fact and replay his video and see them or that they would suddenly appear as if he went into a room there was nothing in the room and he would turn around and there would be a all i can say is a black shadow behind him for a split second but uh, i'm i'm getting ahead of myself let me let let me let me put this out there are you are you familiar with what i'm on about
1: uh yes i've um i've watched a few videos from his channel um some of the earlier ones right up until the the latest ones, I think, they date back until about 2017. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting, really. He he started off by looking at the history of the the town, Carmel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is actually referred to as a village. Uh, yeah. I, I guess at one point it was a village, and they still call it a village. But it, it's it seems pretty pretty large for a bit for a village. And he he started off by looking at the history of it, but then he ended up bringing it back to his house where he lives, and that is where now. As far as I can see, most of his um, his content is is directed.
0: The the thing is to give, of course, the links to the what we're discussing is going to be, you know, well, when I publish this podcast, I'll have the links with it. So, any of you guys out there that are listening can just click and and watch some of the some of his videos. But I, I think that when I first saw his videos, it was one of the most recent ones where he started to capture these. I can only say that they are black masses uh, that appear, that seem to appear out of nowhere, uh, either stood next to him or behind him or peeking over the banisters. And, uh, and also there's uh, some of the most uh, disturbing captures that he's got are these kind of apparitions of what clearly look like people, just kind of morphing in and out of, uh, the, of his house, out of windows and stuff. Uh, he has got a, a an area in the house, that in, his bedroom area, that seems to be the most active, where he gets all these kind of noises and uh, apparitions that come from. But I think what we need to do is go back, as you say, to the history of the house and kind of look at what the house used to be. Because back in the old days, I mean, this house dates back to what predates, I think, the 1900s. Back in the old days, they would make a house, and over the years... Well, much like anywhere, I suppose they would they would add on to it, wouldn't they? They would they would sort of yeah. as the family grew, they they would kind of expand it and bring in different parts of to for you know uh, they need a kitchen, they build a kitchen on, and it would the house would grow like that, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I think that um, there's there's multi levels here to this whatever we call it, this paranormal phenomenon is going on. Uh, you know, because there are investigators that have gone there and have had similar experiences they've captured similar things but Kent seems to be the main uh guy that this is kind of centered around now I say we go back to the history a little bit and we look for well where could this phenomenon have come from so Edmund Lamb he was uh, he moved there to Maine back in the what 1896 he was um somebody that got married in his I think his 20s they had a child they moved to Maine, and back then, Maine, as you say, was a small village. He opened up a small shop so that he could make a living. And it was a little, t- little while longer when he got uh, approved license to be an undertaker. Because back in those days, well, I suppose over here as well, in England, it was the same thing. They would lay a body out after a death. They would lay it in the home, and it would stay there for a number of days before they had the funeral. But also i did I wasn't aware of this, but when they would prepare the body for a burial in the earlier days, that was all done in the home as well and it and it wasn't until like later later years the you know the nineteenth century onwards that they decided that, hey, we need to bring this out of the home and create a place where you can do it like a mortuary, funeral directors and this is what Edward did; he needed a place to open up as a place where he could prepare bodies because he was a licensed mortician and undertaker so he bought the plot of land where the lamb house is in maine now and he built this small building and originally i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think it was a two-story building and uh, it was like it had a downstairs and an upstairs the downstairs the lower part of it was where all the the preparation was done and the Upper part was where the families would go to pay their respects after all of the necessary things were done pre you know before the funeral would happen. So I'm just giving a bit of background at the moment so that we can talk further on what I think is possibly going on here. So as the house grew and as time went on, they expanded in the village. Now, back in those days. You could buy parts of someone else's building, so for example, I own a building and it's got i don't know so many outbuildings, and you come to me and you say, "Hey, I want that outbuilding there that garage or whatever I want it to be part of my building then I'll sell it to you, you'll dismantle it, and then go and attach it to your house you know it's it's pretty straightforward, but people used to live like that, and that's that was perfectly normal well this is, apparently this is what happened with the lamb house he would he bought the Lamb House is in three sections. You've got the front section, the middle section, and the rear section. And each section to the Lamb House is of a, is of a different era. And what Kent believes is that each section has its own paranormal phenomenon from different eras. But there is a, a one main reason that all this phenomenon is happening. And he believes that the, the basement, the lower area, where the bodies were prepared. That's where it's the catalyst, and you you get that a lot, don't you? Where where people say, "Oh, you know, the the phenomenon's the worst in the basement." Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't know about the the history. I didn't know that it was a funeral home. Um, that's interesting.
0: Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know all the info. I'm only I'm only I'm only sort of uh, skirting over the the main parts. But it was a uh, later on. It had a garage, uh, um, an outhouse added to it and it had a um what they believe was part of the uh, a schoolhouse was used to attach onto the the home and uh that they think that all of these different parts of these different buildings all add up to the phenomenon they're experiencing today but also apparently back in the um pre but they had a kitchen built onto it but this is before the kitchen was built on because when Edwards, he sold the business in the, I think it was 1920s, uh, mm-hmm. he sold the business and the business was taken away from the home, from the Lamb House, and it was taken somewhere else and set up as a an undertaker's, a funeral director's. And Edwards, he turned that home into a home. So he converted it all, uh, all of the, you know, what was a working place he made into a like a home to live in. And he resided there. I know that a girl called Rachel comes into it and she was someone who lost their life many years before any of the kitchen or anything was built. And apparently her body was buried under the floor. And then later years, the kitchen was built and, you know, and, and that's why that all this activity has started up because she is, you know, restless, but also that there's other phenomenon going on there because of, the building and what it was used for it was a mortuary there were bodies stored there there was um you know there was preparation for uh, burial and then there's also the the hearsay that uh, edward had something to do with the young girl's death and that he buried the uh, body under where, where the kitchen is now and that the body is the the skeleton would still be there uh so And this is all through Kent doing his research because he's lived there since, I think he's lived there since 2014. I'm not sure if he owns the property or he rents the property, but he has had a number of people coming in, doing vigils, doing their ghost hunts and stuff. So it is, you know, and they have experienced stuff by themselves, but Kent is the main person who has been making his YouTube and documenting what he's been experiencing and it's not only him lives there on his own, he lives there with his family. And they have also experienced stuff. I mean, there's one occasion where I think it's his daughter comes into the room. They're all around the breakfast table. And where, as she walks into the kitchen area where allegedly this girl's body would be under the ground, or the girls like covered in static or all her hair stood up on end? Now, that could be a, a completely different reason for that. There could be some sort of environmental phenomenon, you know, because things happen. We we don't know everything. It's interesting that he would be doing the EVP's and he'd be getting voices saying Edmund's going to hell, I'm under the floor, I'm down here, help me. With EVP, as you well know, it is very subjective. Do you not agree?
1: Yes, I do. I mean, um I don't know how much you want to go into the the EVP's in this case specifically, but I think a lot of the EVPs I've heard on the channel are questionable at best. Mm. There are, I will say, there are one or two, which really took me aback. Yeah. Um, That made me think, wow, that really did sound like what they're claiming. Yeah. But for the most part, I do think that they are a little bit of a stretch.
0: I think that when you go into the realms of ghost boxes, um, spirit boxes, whatever you want to call them, and they are, Basically, they're radio scanners that are scanning channels really, really quickly. Some people say, well, because it's scanning the channel really quickly, it's very hard to hear words. But our mm. brains are very clever at hearing words when it only hears part of a syllable or part of a word or part of a pronunciation of a word. Our brains can put that word together because that's how we're programmed. Yeah. And I think that you've got devices like that. Sometimes they can be a hindrance. I have, as as you well know, I have done extensive research with EVP and I did capture voices and those voices were as if somebody was talking into the microphone like you or I are right now. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the voices that I captured, I didn't grade them at all. And they might have been a grade C or a grade D, but because they are so quiet and so garbled, that might be my, might be my brain saying, oh, I think I'm hearing something. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't class them. I mean, could it be possible? I, I did have a question regarding EVPs and how they're captured
1: because I don't know a great deal about mm-hmm. that. So what are they, what are they scanning and what, what are they capturing? Could it be that they're simply cap- capturing radio stations and parts of radio stations and okay. what people say right. under the waves?
0: Yeah. So when you have like a, uh, like a, a ghost box, okay, it's, it's in this form it's basically it's a radio. It's a radio receiver, and it's receiving radio signals. But the way that it's set is the scanner that scans for those channels is on constant scan, and it's speeded up so it's scanning the the channels really, really quickly. So it's going, and it's scanning them, and it's scanning them in such a way that it's apparently it's meant to be so that 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 vocalized, vocalized words of a you, you know somebody doing a show talking about stuff, is not able to come through. So that's why it's scanning it really quickly. Right. Uh, I'm using words that are very generic here, but what the people that are apparently the dead, the spirits, they're able to pick up on these little fragments of words and string them together to make, to make something that sounds like a word. That's why sometimes you hear these words um, that sound very mechanical, very metallic. Is because yeah. they're using syllables or parts of a word to, um, to say something, to, 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 to get a message across. Now, the problem is that how much of the work of that is our brain, is our subconscious doing to put that word together? This is the problem. Uh, if you, hear a, if you re- record something, now, for example, I have quite a unique first name. There's not many people with, with my first name. If I went into a house and I asked a question and somebody answered or said my name, okay, if they said my name to me is the chances of that someone saying my name it's still quite it's it could still happen but it's it, the the chances of it happening is quite low, so to me that would be oh that's interesting quite yeah. scary actually
1: <laughs> but it's also it's also one syllable so yeah um a single very quick sound could be mistaken for a one syllable name Mm. quite easily if that's if your brain is that way inclined if you want to try and make it into something yeah Uh, i i
0: completely agree with you i completely agree with what you're saying you're on the right you're on the right path there and this is the issue with evp um i'm gonna say i've done a lot of experiments with evp a lot of the evps that i captured over the years I just binned because I'm thinking uh, I I can't be sure what that's saying. It's, it, it's saying, possibly saying, it could be possibly a word. It could be saying something, but I don't know. So it's not, to me, it's not evidence. What is evidence is when you ask a question and you get a direct answer. So if I yeah. say, what's the d- weather like? And it says sunny day and it's a sunny day. To me, that's more likely something that you're communicating with something. Or if you ask for a, a date. What's the date today and it comes back you know it's the 17th and it's the 17th then you're getting direct answers to direct questions and yep. this is what you have to do when you when you investigate you can't just say is anyone there oh I thought I'd heard a yes uh, what's your name Oh, I think thats a Jack uh, yep. oh what did you do Jack How did you die oh I did that say car must have been a car crash you're putting yep. you're putting all of the you're putting all of the evidence to it you're giving it a life and you've got to be careful when you do that and it's easily i've done it i've done it when i've heard stuff and i've thought "Ah, i definitely and i just play it well i mean i play it to someone else and they'll go no that doesn't say that that's saying that you know it's a complete they hear it completely differently
1: yeah it's subjective and um if you can let your um imagination run wild but like i said in in the um the Ghosts of main uh, YouTube channel across the whole channel, like I said, I, I personally heard, I think it was two or three or maybe four that were really quite clear. They yeah. weren't quick, metallical, like you say, metallic sounding voices. They yeah. were very clear, soft, softly spoken voices. And I think that's what you've got to look, that's what you've got to differentiate.
0: Yeah, there's, um, there's one that he captures um, and you can clearly hear what sounds like a a baby crying and that is quite and then you also hear uh after the baby cries you hear someone saying uh like it's not here anymore or the baby's gone and it's you've got two things that are you know having having a conversation as if they're aware that you're aware that you can that that you're you can hear it and there was also another one that he captures uh, the voice of a young girl, which is, he believes is this Rachel, because he's he's making videos now where he's trying to find out uh, who this girl was, where she possibly could be. Is she under that house? Was she murdered? Who murdered her? Because he captured a lot of EVPs after he um started to do research on, well, maybe this girl is buried under the house. Uh, he was capturing EVPs saying Edmund did it. Edmund will die, uh, Edmund uh, evil. Uh, so it, is there some way, I mean, you can hear that it, it's someone saying that, but it, in the context of, is that someone just on a radio show saying that? Or is that something influencing that, those frequencies, uh, those sounds to get a message across to where he's on the right path? On the sense of EVP, I just want to move to the more dramatic style of evidence that Kent has caught, and that is the visual evidence. Now, I remember first seeing one of the videos. It was a highlight reel of what he calls the Shadow Dude, mm. and that gave me chills. The first time I watched that, I wouldn't be living in that house. I'm sorry, I'll be. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm moving out because I can't no. be dealing with the stress of uh, literally walking around a corner and then there's a black mass stood there just motionless and it seems to uh it, it it seems to be all over the house but mainly in the bedroom where he resides and sleeps but um and he believes that there's some that's the kind of energy center because he on a number of occasions what two of the most scary clips that he um that he's captured was one where he hears a noise upstairs he goes to investigate he walks up the landing uh and he walks into the bedroom and there's this black figure uh shadow figure that's kind of sat kind of cross-legged on on his bed and he completely freaks out uh and i can imagine and he darts back out of the room and he's on the landing and you can hear in his voice that he's really if that is acting he's a really good actor yeah and there's another one where he walks into the same room at a different time because he hears noises and on one occasion, there's this kind of black mass that's up on the uh on the blinds, and he stood by the doorway and he talks to it and it kind of it's like elasticated, it kind of shoots down off the blinds yeah. into the floor.
1: yeah, that was the strangest one for me. I mean really, really strange because it was so animalistic and yeah. it does at first glance look like a cat. It, I mean, it would be a very big yeah. cat, to be fair. But he did make a follow-up video, and he explained that his cat was a lot. He does have a cat, but it was a lot smaller. And there's no way that that could have been his cat. And it is one of the strangest claimed paranormal videos I've ever seen. It it really is something. It's um,
0: yeah, you have to see it. Really, it is unsettling. Yes, it is. Um the the second most unsettling video i think i saw was um the the old man in the room was that when he who popped seems... up from the right hand side he uh, no that <laughs> oh that was horrible <laughs> i was going to come okay, to that okay. one Go Go that was horrible Sorry, what... uh <laughs> this is the one where he opens the door and there's a man stood by the window and as he stands by the window it's almost as if this being or whatever it is realizes like oh he's in the room i gotta get out of here and it kind of it kind of gets sucked it merges out of the, window. Into the into the window. merges into yeah. the window, and it what's creepy is the blinds actually move. You can hear the blinds rattling yeah. as it goes through the yeah. blinds. yeah. but you can see that the guy is wearing a pair of trousers. He's, you can even see he's wearing a belt. he's got a shirt on and like a uh, I don't know a sweatshirt or a jacket. He's got a what looks like a ha- facial hair, and you can see that he's quite old and as he what well, he kind of transmorphs into this kind of i don't know how you exp- you would explain it it's uh just like smoke yeah um
1: and out the window yeah and uh, i every time i watch things like this i always think well how could they have faked that and it's it's possible of course you you can you can fake yeah. all kinds of things but oh, yeah. considering the equipment that he has i mean he he insists on using um the camera that he has he's not interested in, in yeah. upgrading for reasons that he explains and i i just don't i mean he would have to have quite a production team behind him i think to, to pull something like that off unless he's lying to us he, he clearly doesn't have that
0: i thought about this when i saw those videos um i took a step back and i thought there are a lot of videos on youtube that claim paranormal phenomenon and there are some that seem like there's something happening and that it's maybe not of any you know it's not major it's just a, a a strange sound that or a door opening and it could be put down to in some something in the environment causing it or it could be you know it could be a ghost and then you have the the phenomenon out there where people post and it's just so real too good to be true, uh crazy stuff, and then you also get the episodes where people go and investigate places and there's all this strange stuff going on and the first thing I look for is where's the disclaimer, and I'll look and if it got entertainment it's on it on purposes real. Uh, I know it's made up, it's just there to scare you and it's made as a like a real life uh thing, and so I just immediately discount that um but with Ken. As you just brought up, the equipment he uses is so basic. He uses a a small little handheld camera, which is not state of the art in any way. Mm-hmm. So it is quite low quality. Some of the phenomenon he captures captures using that camera is if you had to work that file and make it yeah. you know, do what you need to yeah. do with it, the I think the the what you'd have at the end of it would be even worse than the quality that he's uploading at the moment. So I understand obviously the thought process of, as you just brought up where he says, the reason I use lower quality equipment is for easier to capture uh phenomenon. And there is some, I think you see, I'm a little bit on the fence with that because there, I understand that the mindset. Yeah. I'm, I understand the mindset. I would say some of my EVP I've just used a normal tape tape player. And, and cassettes and I've had voices some of my voices I've captured I've done in a full professional studio with professional equipment and I've captured voices um, but there is a mindset out there to say that the higher the quality of the equipment the less chance you're going to get uh, well not the less chance but the the, the the less phenomenon you might capture because that equipment is very good at filtering out any you know any nonsense it's designed to only capture what it needs to capture I think that using high quality equipment if you do capture phenomenon the chances are it could be anything uh in the sense of interference is less so the more chance that it's what you're capturing is external. Yeah, um
1: like you said it, it, I mean I can only repeat what you said really. It's the high end stuff it is designed to to block out all of the inter visually I guess it would be the, the interference it will be less grainy. You, you your everything is flatter
0: yeah i know where you're going
1: yeah. maybe i'm talking nonsense so i don't want to
0: no no i know where you're going i know i know what you're on about um i think that what the point is that what what ken is using is is getting in results so like anything if you're using something that gets you results my late my late friend lou gentelli okay uh he was he was like an EVP master. He took a lot of flat for flack for some of the EVPs because people would say he's just making them up. Uh, they're not real EVPs. They are they're just they're just nothing. It's just it's just him hoping and wishing that that there was something. But I I've heard some of the EVPs he's captured and I must admit I didn't agree with everything that Lou captured was an EVP. Uh some of the sounds that he would capture were completely weird and some of them were uh, growls, um uh, weird kind of chanting sounds um it just it weren't even words they were well it sounded like words, but of a, a like a, a language that I had no idea what that language was um and then some of the EVPs that he would capture would be you would think somebody was in the room talking. I remember him playing me an EVP uh, him on an investigation. he was doing an investigation with a team in uh, in Philadelphia where he was located and he was on an investigation and i remember him messaging me from he was outside having a having a smoke uh and he and he sent me a message saying i'm on investigation and i said what he said it's demonic thing or something allegedly and we've got a team here uh and he sent me some uh evps that he'd captured and he sent me them and he didn't tell me anything about the evps just sent me them and I played them, and I'm like, "Was well, just a bunch of people talking." Uh, he said, "Right, well, you hear that, yeah?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's just some people in a room talking." He said, "Yeah, well, at the time, there was just one person in there, and no one was talking." And I'm thinking to myself, "Okay, well, that's pretty good EVP, because that sounds like a bunch of." But the thing is, really difficult to find out what they're talking about. It was, a... you know, where you, um, you know, when you go to a party and everyone's having a good time and everyone's chatting yeah. and unless you home in on a particular conversation yeah. you can't make anything no. out it was like that right it was like that it was as, as if a group of people were in a room a large room uh with a high ceiling you could hear the resonance of the voices and it was as if the the room was uh, not wallpapered it was not carpeted because it was the you could hear the the, the there was quite a a heavy resonance and in echo and and at the time an investigator was just in there on their own with a recorder and it sounded like there was a whole it was like like a party was wow. going on so yeah i mean that's that's indisputable that they've captured something now whether where that comes from i don't know i don't believe that all uh, evp is uh, is you know random radio signals or 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 stuff like that but i do think that we have to when it comes to the phenomenon and it, even with something like this this case we're talking about i do think that we have to look at ourselves as as part of the the haunting and as part of the the reasoning behind why things are happening because i think that where we go into a place for example kent is living in a house where he doesn't know from one minute to the other he could literally turn around and there's some thing stood behind yeah. him or he can take a picture and one of the scary ones he's got his daughter i think his daughter's having a birthday party they're in the kitchen and remember that the kitchen is one of the most recent additions to the building and they're in the kitchen and they are just a just a picture of his daughter with some birthday which presents face? and some balloons oh, yeah on. i know which one you... there's a face in the window looking yeah. in and it's a girl's face you can see it's a girl's yeah. face now there's two <clears throat> reasons that has to be Uh, a person outside looking in and he showed the window outside where if it were a child there's no way a child could be that tall unless they're stood on a box and there's a lot of work to go to or there has to be somebody you think to yourself okay it's just a person in the room and their face is being reflected yeah but the image isn't inverted it's as if someone's outside looking in yeah
1: i i originally thought that that may have been a doll a doll's face i thought maybe there was a doll um sat on the table uh, okay yeah but when i looked closer i couldn't see the doll in the room i thought that oh maybe she's hidden mm. behind behind something but when i actually looked closer that the face is actually quite high up on the window and therefore if it was a doll in the room you would have been able to have seen the back of the doll's head which you, you cannot so yeah mm. that is another one that's um very strange
0: have you seen the videos that he's got of the independent investigators that come round to the house and do their vigils
1: i've seen a couple of them i saw the one yeah a lady
0: called fate i think she gets her ankle grabbed feels like someone's grabbing her ankle pulling her ankle it's... and there's another person who gets uh, i think they pushed or poked and they're in the cellar right
1: yeah well he gets pushed in the cellar doesn't he at one point
0: yeah they capture that black thing that he kind of believes that that black mass that is in the basement, is connected to what they captured upstairs, he captured upstairs in the bedroom. Right, I see. So he thinks it's the same apparition in the bedroom and down in the... Right, okay. He thinks that all of this phenomenon that is going on in the house has something to do with the basement. And from his research, he knows that the basement used to be a place where deceased bodies were prepared for burial that they captured some interesting
1: evps at down in the basement and they were yeah. speaking to people and uh, well you know allegedly there were a couple of evps clear ones i think this this was the episode that i heard a couple of really clear ones that you know to my mind anyway they were speaking that somebody who had uh, been killed down they, they they didn't make it clear how they died they, they were trying to sort right. of get that information out but that was never made clear but some of the things they said were quite clear, and I think the the year that was given was, I personally thought it was eighteen sixty seven, but uh-huh. they heard it as nineteen sixty seven. Obviously, there's a massive difference. But it would be interesting yeah. to go back and research, really look into that. And but he claimed that he couldn't he couldn't find the records from nineteen sixty seven to local records. But I f- I find it difficult that you wouldn't be able to find that kind of information. I mean, it wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things. I think no. that information could be found if he, if he dug a little deeper. That would be
0: interesting. I, I think there is a, uh, a connection with if this young girl, Rachel, was murdered and buried under the, which would have been outside at the time when she was killed, because right. there would have been no kitchen there, it would have been outside next to the house maybe there's a connection with the basement and the EVPs that they've captured. You see, I think that, I think the answer lays with who lived in the house before. I think that there is a story there. Well, I'm going on the pretext that everything we're talking about is, is, has happened. It's real. We know for a fact that the guy that lived there, you first used the building to had a building built there, built the land. And he was a uh, a mortician, a, a funeral director. We know all that. That's all documented. Um, but did he and i'm I'm just putting this out there, did he murder someone? did he kill someone? did he kill a girl and did he bury the body? did he hide the body and this is this is the thing and and, and is this the reason why all of this stuff is going on or mm. is there or is there something more to the fact that these buildings or this building is not wasn't built at the same time every every portion was three sections. Every yeah. section of that different, building yeah. has a different history. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you. What's your thoughts on, on, on buildings and paranormal phenomenon? Do you, I mean, I'm in the mindset that, that we can imprint our emotions on a place, on a building. Do you, do you feel the same? I think like-
1: we touched upon this before. The, the stone tape theory... Yeah. Of um, if something, something, extremely emotive happens in a building, um, I think it's possible that that, and I think it does happen that you, the that that all that emotion and hatred, anger, pain, whatever it is, leaves mm. an imprint on the building, and mm. it makes. I know some people think it's absolute nonsense, but in my mind, it makes sense, and I think mm. that does happen um you know when you get people who say they are clairvoyant and they walk into a room and they can feel the energy i think that's what they're talking about if something awful or um emotional has happened there that's what they can feel now if a woman if a girl was murdered in that house in a horrible manner then it would make sense that these things are going on
0: yeah that's true um i also think that um bringing all these different parts of a home Together from different homes and different environments, different people with different belief structures, the way that they see the world, the their the how they um, lived in those environments, how they imprinted themselves on those environments. I, I think that when you put all that together, maybe something there as as acted as a catalyst where Kent now is experiencing phenomenon that is it is completely bizarre and as I say that uh, He does take a lot of flack because some people Out there say oh it must be fake Because you're the only person that gets This phenomenon you're the only person That seems to capture yeah. it well let, Let's be honest right I, I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate For a moment because People now know know me For long enough I've been doing this for long enough to know That I'm quite a logical person When it comes to um, Looking at phenomenon and I always Try to find a, a you know a a natural explanation but sometimes there isn't one so you have to say i don't know most of the time i say i don't know but the fact is that when you look at kent's stuff and the phenomenon that he's captured he lives there he's there all the time that people that come in and investigate are only there for a short period of time and maybe this phenomenon as it looks doesn't happen all the time no. it's very sporadic as it often is yeah and you touched on something that I was going to say earlier, that there was that video, and I advise anyone to click on the link that I'll add with this um, episode to go and watch some of Kent's stuff that he's captured. There's uh, a clip where he walks into the, a room and there is clearly nothing in the room, and then he turns to his right and there's someone stood mm. there out of nowhere. It's It's just a black shadow thing, yeah. and it scares him. And he steps back out of the room and you think, well, it's just you know but when you look through the crack in That's the door, right. you can see it moving around in the room. Yeah. And then it just vanishes. And oh my god, oh wow. Yeah. I was just like, no, I'm, I'm out for I'm I'm going out for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I and I mean I if you know, if all this phenomenon that is happening is happening, I, I have to say, hands down, the guy is brave. But on the other side of it, if you have to live with this phenomenon, I suppose, like anything, you can get used to it. Yeah,
1: if you have no other options. Um, yeah, uh,
0: what are you going to do? Live on? Live, go and live in on the street? Yeah, uh, you're just going to deal with it. So yeah, I think that um, I I think that definitely is this, this. There is history to this house. There are some really good documentaries. Well, I, I say documentaries videos, accounts mm. of that he does do his research but i do think that uh he does get sometimes a little bit lost in in reading a little bit too much into some of the messages um i i don't like to be front loaded with evps i don't want someone to tell me what it says exactly i i want to hear what that's it says that's exactly where i am with it yeah. yeah if you say if i gave you an evp and say uh, listen it says uh, like help me and it's just like where where yeah. Exactly. And you go oh yeah it sounds like Yeah it could be yeah that's uh, definitely helped me And I've just told you what to hear But if I just give you an EVP and just say What is it saying and you say it says biscuit <laughs> You know yeah, quite. Uh, yeah they, they do he, he or rather he does
1: um, He puts captions doesn't he To tell you what yeah. the EVPs are and, You yeah. know if Expecting you to take it as gospel But uh, clearly um,
0: it, You know it could be Almost I understand The reasoning behind that, uh, because he wants people to, if you're, I mean, okay, if you're very enthusiastic uh, about what you're doing and you really want people to be on board with you, you're going to want to help them to understand what you're trying to convey. But when it comes to EVP and it comes to any phenomenon, uh, you can't be front loading people because if you front load people, then you've already just told them what to hear and and what to see or whatever. If I have a piece of phenomenon and I don't tell you what to expect and you see something, you go, what was that? Yeah. And then that, that's you. That's your brain figuring it out. Um, if I say, well, if you look there, there's a little old man, he jumps out of that. Uh, I've already told you what to see. So, you know, it's, it, the, the, uh, the whole thing of you experiencing something and getting a real answer has been lost. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit off with that, so so yeah, but I, I don't think that, um, I mean, I can't think of another case, well, I can actually, but not to this extent, where people capture these shadow, uh, but what do you think they are, what, what do, I mean, do you think that that's, uh, do you think that that's the, that, that what you're seeing there is possibly a ghost, or do you think that there's something Uh, do you think it just is it black is it evil is it what do you i mean because he's captured them downstairs in his room quite possibly the table sat on the chair quite quite possibly i mean i
1: I have seen similar videos with similar apparitions but nothing as clear as that um it's quite possibly um real apparitions but the the most interesting thing like going back to what you were saying earlier or one of the most interesting things was the the man stood in the window looked like a modern man yeah. so going back again to the different areas of the building that have different eras do we have mm-hmm. do we have a cross section of eras of different apparitions different specters from different times in history possibly that's really interesting too
0: he has had uh, uh people in there that say that that a bedroom area is some sort of energy um oh, i i don't like using the word Vortex or portal. I don't. I don't know what it is about those words. I when I say those words, they're like, "Ooh, don't want to use that word." Ugh, portal. Ugh. I just don't know what it is. I just say, "Um, it's some epicenter." Yeah. I. I just don't want to use the. I think that words like vortex and and portal have kind of weird connotations. Yeah. Doorway. Yeah. I mean, you know? if if the going back
1: to the Stone Tape theory, if the energy was already there from 100 150 years ago did it then in the following generations of people who live there then attract them as as they passed on did it attract them back to the house because it was already there like you say um acting as some sort of vortex to bring them back to the
0: place everyone growing up has a uh, a place where so sure you're the yep. same i i do i have a favorite teenage yes home. so how- the place
1: house she grew up in usually. is
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where I grew up as a teenager from like my late preteens through to my sort of 14, 15 years old, the house that I lived in then that's where I kind of became who I am now, I think, or I started to become who I am now. And that's where I experienced all of the, uh, the memories and, you know, my first computer and, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I think that you can imprint in a, in a unconscious way, your footprint on that uh on on that kind of oh here's a here's a side note i'm going to go on a tangent i have to go on a tangent now um here's uh uh a little bit of a hearsay Uh, that house that i grew up in was the house that i had my uh ufo sighting from and also my strange uh uh, sleepwalking you i told you about this didn't i my sleepwalking weirdness uh in that house and i don't um, think you did all right uh, okay so uh back in the early 80s every, um, all my listeners are going oh my god not this story again every time he tells the story <laughs> I, I have to say it now because otherwise i'm gonna tell you and i'm gonna be talking about stuff and you're gonna be going i don't know what he's on about he's just talking waffle um so i i this house i grew up in uh i had a sighting with a friend and my dad we saw some lights in the sky and they were very unusual they made a triangle and then they stayed in the sky for about 15 minutes and then they all flew off in different directions, and the one at the top just shot straight up in the sky. And it was faster than any plane or any helicopter or any balloon. It was, it just, doink, it was gone. Very bizarre. My my uh, my dad even logged a report with um, the UFO, uh, you know, people because he was a member of the of the British UFO network at right. the time, because he was into all that. You know, Von dyanakin and and all those people. He was read all their books. Uh, so. Uh, Jacques valet you know those those kind of big authors back yeah. then in the 70s uh, late 70s anyway so um uh I had this sighting with my friend so it wasn't just me it was my friend and my dad and uh, it was all different you know and uh, a few months after I started to have these bouts of um I, I I called it sleepwalking because I don't know what what else to call it it was a I would end up like walking around the house and my mum would find me my dad worked my dad used to come back uh to England every for three months at a time. He used to work in America. So he was a truck driver. He used to drive the big logging trucks down from Canada down through into Washington and with these big, big trees on. Uh, so he was away for like six, seven months of the, a year and he'd come back for like three months and then go go off again. Um, and um, so my mum, it was just my mum. Mum, me and my brother in this big detached three bedroom house. You know, very nice, great, loving it. It was a fantastic time of my life one of the highlights of my life loved it uh growing up computers video games Tari or oh, loved it you know late 70s early 80s yep. best time uh so and i had these bouts of um of sleepwalking and the, my mum took me to the doctor because she thought i was i had something going on in my head and she, the doctor did an examination she said your son's fine i think it's more to the so he's growing up his hormones and all that he's you know body's changing hmm. And um I I experienced these um I ex, I experienced these uh these bouts of 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 sleepwalking, but uh, semi conscious sleepwalking where I would go to sleep and I would hear clocks ticking and they would get louder and louder and louder. And they, I don't know where they the, the clock sound came from. Uh and then I would find myself I would either be semi conscious around the house. I'd remember seeing uh, like the bathroom or I'd see the kitchen hmm. And and I wasn't like I was It wasn't like I was in control m- m- I was like In my head And but and I, I, I would see it through like a rainbow of colours uh, It wasn't like I was It was very strange It was like I was in a It was like I was in one of these multicoloured footballs <laughs> Looking out and it was moving around the house It was very strange Now, now okay Now I'll, I'm just going to say like any case, anything like that, like this, like we're talking about right now, I could turn around and go, well, clearly uh, I was abducted by aliens.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I could say that, and I could go off and tell everyone about that. I don't know what it was I experienced. I probably experienced some sort of sleepwalking paralysis, growing up thing, uh, which all kids, may, not all kids, but a lot of kids may maybe experience. I also experienced... Um, there is a there is a connection here. Uh, I am going to a thing. I always end with a connection. Okay. Uh, but one of the things I did experience was sleep paralysis, and I would wake up in the uh, in the night, and I didn't used to sleep with my curtains drawn. Uh, so we we our house backed onto a large cricket field, so there was just moonlight coming in. There was nothing out there, just field, and um, it used to illuminate my room. And I remember waking up in bed, and seeing. Uh, looking by the co- always in the, the, the corner of my room, it was always in the same place in my room, and I would look and I would see this really kind of tall dark shrouded thing it was black no it was just you could it was like this must have been it was it was as big as my wardrobe, and my wardrobe must have been nearly to the ceiling so it must have been seven foot and I was a kid, so it looked huge mm. to me and um and I remember looking at it, and the more I looked at it, the more I got scared. And it didn't move. It didn't say anything. It didn't motion or anything. It just, just there, in the in the corner of my room. And it was, and the reason that I could make it out was because my room was illuminated, and it was darker than the rest of my room. So it kind of oh, it had a shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more I looked at it, the less I could move. The less I could, I couldn't talk. I couldn't shout. All I could do was just lay there and just sort of just cry and go back to sleep, like look on, like look down under my covers or something, mm-hmm. you know, and this went on for a while and, and I got to the point where my mum was, uh, I was like, you know, about to sleep walking and I had to go to the doctors and as much as it started and then it just suddenly stopped, uh, it lasted for a few months and then, and the doctor put it down to sort of growing up and being a kid and, you know, all those things that you experience growing up you know uh you know hormonal changes and stuff but i had sleep paralysis again later on in my life and i think i said this on an upper episode but it was it was more the sense of there are a few people actually since i've been doing these episodes where um how common it is
1: i was going to say uh, there's a lot of sleep paralysis stories yeah. that involve peep things stood in the room what yeah? They, well, what they usually call shadow people, um, yeah, f- yeah, uh, that's quite a common thing, which is really odd. I mean, for people the world over, to, to from different generations to come up with the same or very similar stories, that's really strange. I mean, that's an
0: episode in itself as well. <laughs> I um, my last sleep paralysis was back in twenty eighteen, no twenty. 14 i think it was it was late yeah, it must've been 2014 i woke up and i felt as if i was having a new snooze in the afternoon and i woke up and i felt as if uh, there was a a person like led on me with their hands around my wrists and their knees in my you back and i could That's feel yes. it yeah and i the hands i could feel the pads of the fingers it was like hulk hands their hands were massive and it was like i was just like I mean, I'm an average-sized bloke. I'm not massive, and I'm not tiny. But the hands that were around my wrists were like four times the size of my hands, and I could feel them. I could feel the hands pushing, like, gripping into my wrists, and it was like, it was like an invisible hands, mm. and it was like, ah, it was weird. And I just thought, I'm, I'm in a paralysis. I got to relax, and I relaxed, yeah. and it, as I relaxed, it faded away. Yeah, I've,
1: I've suffered with sleep paralysis. I've never had. It's it's simply just been a, a case of not being able to move and being, you mm. know, completely awake and aware of what's going on, but not being able to move or let anybody else know that you're going through, going through this. Because there's been times when I've sort of turned, I've tried to turn to my wife and get her mm. attention, but you can't do it. Um, yeah. But no, I've never had any um, people stood in the bedroom or shadow people. Stood nearby while I've been going through it. It's just been me and and not being able to move. Horrible feeling. Yeah. So,
0: we've... anyway, I think we've reached the end of this episode. I um, but I do want to get your um, I do I do want to get your feedback and your conclusions on what you think it, it could possibly be going on here. That what we've talked about. I know we've only just scratched the surface. Yeah, we have and really. We... The... He's got hours and hours and hours of content I think on it's there. about
1: three or four days. I, I, I had a quick
0: glance over
1: the, the length of the videos, and they're all a good hour each.
0: Yeah, yeah. they are. So I would advise anyone, personally, um, you never know, there's a, there's a full episode here for the, for the Phantom Chronicles you've got the, you've got one for, get one on the phantom chronicles yeah, well, could, it's an it's it's enough work yeah. you've got enough content i here. could I,
1: I could definitely include it as a as a segment for sure i mean well i could include it as an entire hour long episode yeah. it just depends on how many people, other people have uh, have have now covered it but
0: going i going on i was gonna Sorry, say guys. what's your what what what's your final thoughts on on this what where do you think it's where do you, where do you think it is what what what's going on well, there well
1: based on what we you, we can see and making the assumption assuming that we're not being all taken for a ride right, i think it i think it all does um, revolve around the fact that it was a funeral home people were there and i think that the the apparition had, is is from that time the if if it's true that there was a, a girl who was murdered there and buried in the basement, I think that that is a separate entity. Um, I, th- I think they are two different things. I think the shadow dude and the girl in the basement are two different entities from two, two very different times. But mm. um, yeah, I, I think, I think the, the shadow person is from a time that's later, later in history. I don't I, just judge, judging by the way that it looks um, how clear it is to see it and the way that it's dressed as well it, it looks mm. like very much like a modern man
0: well I have to say that um i'm completely um i i 'm completely uh taken with the case i I do find uh it completely interesting uh if it 's all real then wow this 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 Kent has got some mega mega evidence yeah the the best i 've ever yeah. seen uh if it's made up then it's a lot of work to make some up and to keep it going for so long, unless you're making a ton of money off of it. And I don't think he is. I think he just, he lets people come and investigate fair enough. If they make a donation, they make a donation. But if you, you know, uh, I don't think he's um, getting, getting, uh, he's going to be retiring to the Bahamas anytime soon. Uh, So I I think that um, it's fascinating. Yeah. And I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes. I really, really, really advise anyone and we've, we've literally just scratched the surface yeah. of this, these this whatever it is. I'm going to put a link in, in the description. You need to click on it. You need to go watch it. And you need to go watch more of his stuff because it will suck you in. And you will, once you see those videos that he's captured, uh, you're going to be, I think, like us, um, scratching your head. Yeah. And, and really. it's a
1: shame that um, in a way that you... you... Haven't got feedback from people on on the channel. There are no, there are no comments. He's got all the comments turned off every video. Mm-hmm. Now that that may have been because he's he's uh, experienced a lot of hate. We all know that that happens. Yeah, um, I'm assuming that that's why he's turned the comments off. But uh, yes, it, it's uh, so there's there's no actual there's no two way conversation at any point going on in in the in the comments. He doesn't obviously um, get involved with with conversations over social media.
0: Yeah. I, I would like, um, I, I would like to get him on Paratalk. I'd like to get oh, him on and have yeah. a chat. I'm sure. But um, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Maybe I should reach out to him. Uh, that, I think uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll shoot him an email and see what happens. Uh, see where that goes. Cause I'd love to pick his brains. Yeah. Um, as I say, we've only scratched the surface um, and I'd like to see, get his whole take on it. Um, as I say, you, you know, there are days worth of videos on the channel, but, Who's got two or three days to go through all yeah. of them? Uh, you know, uh, we only watch a few and we watch what we think is most important. But it's definitely interesting. So for you, uh, what what's your plans for your channels? Have you got anything? I mean, I know you're very busy at the moment working on some yeah. new episodes yeah, and these episodes do take that, a that's while. That's
1: really all I've been doing. I'm kind of ashamed to, to come to the table today with no new uh, material. But I, I am just working hard I, i've i'm doing a lot of writing i'm just writing a lot um what i've been doing lately i've been writing episodes several of them rather than just writing one and then putting it then editing it and putting it out yeah. i've actually got about five or six in the bag oh, cool. now which i can now put you know start to work on and and put them out in, in a, a reasonably um timely fashion rather than having to wait months and months. months. But um, for the uh, Phantom Chronicles uh, channel, I'm currently working on a um, Ghost Stories of Canada video. I'm I'm hoping that that will... um, I know that that will be a three-part series because obviously it's such an expanse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you know, there's no way that I'm going to be able to condense it. I I don't want to do a five five stories from Canada and be done. I want it to be a three part series. So that's what I'm working on currently. And um, after that, I'm going to be working on uh, ghost stories of the 21st century uh, because so many of the stories that I've covered and so many of the stories that other people cover are from the 20th and 19th mostly. Um,
0: Yeah, they are. Yeah.
1: Very few ghost stories that uh, are told from the last 20 years. I'm
0: going to be looking at well that's good that's, that's awesome I'm looking forward to that because I am a fan of your channel I do I, do, and I mean I highly recommend anyone else uh, The links will be in the description go check out Curious World go check out Phantom Chronicles they're all you're going to love them and then they're, they're, they're well put together well narrated and they're some of them are really interesting stories but as for this episode I hope you've enjoyed it um, remember Paratalkpodcast.com for other episodes and also uh, Paratalk now has got a, a YouTube channel um that will be in the link will be in the description so if you prefer to subscribe to youtube uh, you can do uh, not all of the episodes are on at the moment i'm kind of uploading them a little bit at a time just to sort of give myself a bit of a buffer so that i can catch up with myself um if you've enjoyed this episode then please uh, wherever you may be give us some uh, give us some feedback it's really appreciated and it, and it really helps uh, uh, the channel grow and uh all all great feedback is is superb anyway uh it's uh it's bye from me and it's also by from uh, by from me uh, yeah the, the man himself thank you very uh, much uh, for having me again that's all right you're you're quite welcome i'm sure you'll be back again we've as i say we've already talked about some other ideas so we've got some uh we've got some other ideas in the bag so no worries there uh and until next time see you soon goodbye everybody